0: This is day two of story building, the novella. Today we're going to be defining our theme and our central idea for our novella. Um, Your theme is basically your thematic trope, uh, friends to lovers, um, overcoming grief, overcoming the monster, going on a journey, um, first time romance stranded i mean you're know, in the 80s and 90s when they had all those romance novels out where couples kept getting stranded on desert islands like that happened all the time mm-hmm. that's a theme that's a thematic trope um and in and, and the 80s and 90s that bordered on a genre yeah <laughs> um and often tropes and you know themes um kind of like are contagious in fandom and they'll be, we're going to be spending the next year, basically on rough trade um, and, you know, working with one of the biggest themes in the Sentinel, which is Sentinels are known. Yep. So, so your idea, go ahead. The themes can be, the theme is the broad point of your story. What are you trying to, what kind of story are you trying to tell? Are you talking about a story like the quest for money, greed as a source of downfall um self-reliance is a big theme in a lot of stories sometimes your story might have some minor themes but it's like what is your big theme are you trying to tell a story about um found family um the impact of technology on society um uh, motherhood can be a theme um let's see So theme is like, it's the big thing, the big overarching thing. And you could put a theme down and you could have 10 people, give 10 people the same theme. And they're all supposed to be telling that kind of story, right? So it can apply to any number of stories. And your central idea is um, the hook, the summary, the that first spark of inspiration for me is normally my central idea. Um, if you look at um, Finding Atlantis, my theme is grief um, and how people handle grief um, and how grief uh, impacts your relationships um, throughout your life. Uh, and my idea that John is forced to, deal with fatherhood on the city of the ancients when he's re- when, when he's introduced to his nine-year-old son who comes to Atlantis um after his mother is killed got stuff beeping at me or is that stuff beeping at you not beeping at me <clears throat> um I like think this was kind of meant as a joke but i'm gonna challenge it just just as an example if someone said that um primary theme in their stories is women being awesome i'd actually call that the trope just because it implies that all of your stories are exploring the same basic concepts um, whereas l- common literary themes um, tend to fall more along the lines of i actually has something that had like the most common literary themes in it um the most common literary themes the most common good versus evil love redemption courage and perseverance coming of age revenge those are the most common literary themes so and in in, in, in each one there are subsets of them so like the love as a theme is it forbidden love familial love, unrequited love, friendship, exploring a friendship. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, but typically, the, just, it, if, and it could, actually, it could be, it could be that the point of your story is actually, because typically I think of what is the point? What am I trying to express with this story? And if that is your main expression is women being awesome then okay, that's your theme. Um, But what I would say is that if you um, intend on in the future um, entering the professional market, you'll want to define your theme in a way that appeals to the professional market. So you would want to speak to adversity and female strength and um, familiar relationships and friendships um, instead of trying to be cute. Yeah. well, it also depends on what kind of story you're telling. So this is where genre comes in, right? So if you're telling a romance story and you tell, and I'm just using this as an example because I don't know if if you tell if if you if your theme of your romance is women being awesome, it implies, and let's say you're writing a het romance, it implies that your male character is extraneous. Honestly, if I was coming into a situation and that was what you opened with, I would assume that I was going to be reading a lesbian romance, and would probably so be disappointed not to get one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> your theme, if you're th- if you're writing a romance, your theme needs to en- encompass it. The romance in some fashion unless your romance is a subplot
1: in, so, which, case yeah. you'd be
0: very, in which case you're not telling a romance you're t- telling something else with a romance subplot so if your primary genre is romance you need to be sure your theme encompasses both your characters unless you literally want one of your characters to be extraneous so you know but on the other hand if you're if your romance is, is a lesbian story women being awesome i would still define the trope more more tightly but it could be it could be a thematic thing yeah um i interestingly enough most i would say most writers i work with don't have they'll can tell you what their idea is this is the core idea that my story is built on what they struggle with is what their theme is and the reason why the theme is important is because if you're having a struggle with where your story is going once you lay down your groundwork because your groundwork is about supporting and building up your idea and if you're having a struggle once you've done the groundwork about what to do and where you're going it may be because you haven't defined your theme and the theme is i tell people the point of your story, the, the point in the sense, not the climax, but the type of story you're trying to tell. So if you're, let's say you've got an idea about, let's say, let's just do a fan fiction idea, um, about Bilbo going back and saving the Durants. Okay. It's a common trope. That's your common trope. So your idea is time travel. Bilbo goes back. He prevents the, the, thorn and, and the kids from the boys from being killed okay so there's your idea but what kind of story are you telling is it just the quest is it the journey is it a redemption thing is it a correcting past wrongs is it getting thor is it the romance is it saving them so that bilbo and thorin can be together i mean what kind of story are you trying to tell and that's why it's important to know what your theme is because it seems like oh i don't really need to know that but you kind of really do Because there's a lot of stories you could tell with that basic idea, and the theme is the lens that you're casting that idea through, right? So it's how you're focusing your idea, which is why if you don't know your theme or you haven't decided what that point is, you can feel unfocused. And eventually um, your story will start to feel unfocused, and it could fall apart on you. Especially, you know, for those of us who are plotters and planners, um, the more we plot and plan in advance, or at least the more we plan in advance, the more we know about our story in advance, the more comfortable we will be in the writing process. Because the last thing I want to do is to be hundred k in and start questioning my theme. Because I am there, kind of, with my quantum bang. Um, I'm at a hundred. In 14K, Uh, I'm not questioning my theme. My theme is basically, um, um, I think, in the head of my main character, it's a redemption arc. He, um, he's seeking um, to redeem himself, and whether that is um, like a personal redemption, writing it wrong that they that your character sees that nobody else sees. Or it's um, repenting for past crimes, um, or overcoming the guilt. Like if I was doing a Bilbo t- time travel to save the Durins, that there would be a lot going on for Bilbo. I mean, there's grief, there's guilt, there's survivor's guilt, um, there's grief, there's anger, uh, there's betrayal. You know, Bilbo has a lot to work through. And that's just, even if he's not like in love with Thorn Oakenshield, and if he's actually in love with that little asshole, <laughs> things are ten times worse already. <laughs> because then he has basically, um, I, I don't know if I would call it unrequited love, but the real love right and then you know then there's the guilt again and the grief and the fury and then you know how how is he time traveling how did that get accomplished what did he have to give up to do that um and who did he ask for that favor hobbits don't have magic of their own how did uh, how did he accomplish it um and so all those things come into play. And then of course it depends on when he time traveled. Did he time travel after Thorin died. Or did he time travel after Frodo destroyed the One Ring. Because then he has to deal with all the grief. Of not realizing he picked up the fucking One Ring. And ended up giving it to his boy. His nephew. The one he raised like a son. And it's, that's, these are lots of emotional turmoil. For Bilbo to go through. As he's you know trying to save those Little assholes from themselves. So, in the end, my themes would be um, grief and redemption and forgiveness. I think he has to forgive himself too, especially if Frodo was involved. And so, yeah, and, and self acceptance becomes a big thing. In, in a lot of stories, accepting yourself for who you are and um, accepting your past, um, good and bad, your mistakes, um, not letting the bad parts overwhelm the good parts. Is this mm-hmm. how you created three dimensional character? Because I think a lot of stories that focus like especially like on a strong. Um, well-rounded female character especially with the way we've kind of been taught to write a strong character we've kind of i think we've been seeing people trying to roll back that archetype because it's a little bit two-dimensional okay it's a lot two-dimensional so people try to roll back that archetype a little bit and so a lot of what the kind of theme i see in those kinds of stories and i'm not specifically speaking to anybody in particular but just since this has come up um, is the allowing is it's accepting themselves and allowing themselves to be vulnerable. So self-acceptance is a big thing, but also in a really three dimensional woman who is, you know, independent. um, She also is the thing I see the most common that I find alluring actually is writers who take these, these women. places of where they allow themselves to be vulnerable to somebody because they haven't been able to afford that usually in their lives and so the learning to trust becoming vulnerable becomes a big thematic element in in a lot of those kinds of stories so and it's a very appealing thing because to me anyway we've had this glut of quote strong women characters who are flat as a pancake you know um there's just no depth or dimension to them at all they're just you know and can okay. I say that something? I wanna say something? I wanna say something. Taking off your clothes doesn't equal vulnerability. And for a lot of writers, male writers, um, it does. And that's just like, no. You know, there have been times in my I was powerful, bare ass naked. Not a vulnerable spot to be seen. I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> So, but so, and your know, sex is an intimacy. I mean, it can be intimacy, but sex isn't always intimacy, and intimacy isn't always a vulnerability. Uh, and so, knowing your character and knowing what makes them vulnerable um, is paramount to creating, um, paramount? paramount, 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 to creating a paramount's the studio um anyway to creating a a well-rounded character and and also in we see a lot of exploration and slash pairings of of the exploration of vulnerability as well um and someone said in the chat room that uh, trusting someone to love you is pretty sexy but i completely agree and I, but i think the thing that is key thematically is the trusting someone to love you because that exploration of being vulnerable to somebody else is can be a very big theme in in romance stories um and a, and a great theme to explore because it felt like for a long long time that romance was cutting off people's vulnerabilities you know nobody had vulnerabilities i don't need anything you know i don't need you but i love you anyway i mean that was novel for about five seconds and then it got old really quick <laughs> Someone said in the chat or something that I found really interesting. That Leia was at her most badass when she was the least dressed. And while I agree in her youth that was true. But Leia's defining moment. Her most important moment in her entire arc. Is when she turned her son from the dark side. When she reached out to him across the Freaking universe, and touched him in a moment when he needed her the most. She saved Ray's life, and she was instrumental in the final defeat of the Emperor. Because if she had not, Ray would have failed. She saved the galaxy. Leia saved the galaxy. And that. Was her defining most badass moment in ever. She reached out across the galaxy with her love of her son. And turned him from the dark side by touching him through the force. Fuck yes. That's how you go out like a boss. It was amazing. Amazing. I started crying. I was like. Yeah. You go, girl. I mean, that was like, it was amazing. Yeah. So the theme of your story and the theme that you're trying to explore is more important than I think people in some ways even want it to be. Because it can be difficult at times when you've got an idea to connect that and figure out how you want to focus that idea. Because an idea can go in a million directions, and it's like how do you want to focus it we did that pot we did that plot drift with the shifts first that kira and i did privately we shared later um because i had an idea but it lacked focus and it took the entire we we talked like through all through these ideas um but we pretty much um came to the early it was fairly early on i want to say in the first third of the podcast that we kind of zeroed it in on you know these women working together and empowering one another instead of fighting one another. And then they're able to turn things around. So it was a kind of a female empowerment thing. But it was once we. I had to get that focus to figure out where the story was going to go. Because it mm-hmm. tells you. It tells you how to how to angle. How to direct your idea. So that you're not all over the place. Um, and like romance is not. Romance is not a theme. Romance is a genre. And. There are romance stories that have murder and mayhem in them. You know, they—they I would actually call the thematic. It's probably good—good versus evil or overcoming evil. Um, Love can be a theme, though. But the question is then, what kind of love? Is it first-time love? Is it old friends coming back together? Is it second chance? Is it um, love lost? You know, what kind of love story are you telling? So it's important to to recognize that just just romance is not really a theme. It's that said, your genre can inform your theme quite a bit, right? Because if you say that your theme is um, something about unrequited love, right, but you decide your genre is um, I don't know fantasy and then your plot really doesn't have like your subplot is your, your romance is falling into a subplot. Your, your love, your unrequited love is more of a subplot. It's happening during this big giant quest. Then your theme actually isn't love at all. Unless it's like love, like, like not as opposed to romantic love. Your love is something like Bilbo traveling back in time to prevent you know, Frodo from having to carry the ring, because I would say that is about love. So, anyway. Also, never let anybody diss you for romance, okay? Ever. If you're sitting down with a group of writers and they say, What kind of story are you telling? You say, I'm writing a romance, and they diss you, just fuck them. There's nothing wrong with writing a romance. I just get really irritated with the elitism from. Like genre fiction writers, like, oh, you're a romance writer. Oh, kiss my ass, right in the crack, sweetheart. Um, okay, so last night when we talked about this, we told you guys to do a little homework, be thinking about your center, your idea, and your theme, and that we were gonna do some, um, kind of like pseudo work ourselves on you know, not pseudo. I don't know why I said that. but I guess because originally I'd planned to do this work in advance. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way. She didn't have to do it on the fly. So the main things you needed to pick were, if you're going to do fan fiction, you fan, fi- fan fiction or original, if you're going to do fan fiction, pick your fan to pick your pairing, pick your genre, think about your theme and your idea what kind of story do you want to tell the idea is usually the thing that most people come up with pretty quickly. It's like, Oh, I want to tell a story where, you know, Harry Potter colonizes the moon. Okay. That's an idea, a bad idea, but you know, I'm just kidding. It might be a great <laughs> idea. I don't know. It sounds ridiculous because telescopes are going to be able to see them, but whatever. Anyway, I mean, you know, magic, magic. It's an idea. <laughs> it's not a theme theme would you put on waking up to himself leaving a bad situation moving on um that could be like self-actualization kind of thing that your your character is self-awareness self-actualization um because self-actualization is in the hierarchy of needs right and once you got everything else locked people need to figure out how to come into their own so the coming into oneself is a pretty big thematic element especially for certain certain um characters in fandom the tonys in particular so that could also, that could also fall in the line of self-realization self-love learning to accept yourself it just the the theme is around self-care um and that exactly which way you're going to focus it just depends on what kind of story you want to tell really i i don't even want to know shadow i don't even want to know okay if there's actually a story where Harry colonized the moon. Please, nobody, nobody link me. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. She's not, she's not read it and she's not bashing the author. She just thought of something she thought was ridiculous. And it, it is what it is. Okay. So I have actually been kind of planning this, um, this, uh, this colony sci fi series uh, on Mars. Um, I, I'm going to do novellas. So, um, my first story will be kind of my introductory to the whole thing. So it has to give a kind of, I mean, it's a novella. So it has to give a. Of the environment that my characters are going to be in. Um, but, but give the reader enough information to be comfortable with what's going on. So I'm going to be introducing um, little pieces of technology. Uh, um, a little gloss over space travel. You know, how, how are they getting there? Um And there'll be you know um what kind of jobs are on the colony and um so my first story is i i originally wanted it to be like um two strangers coming together but thinking i'm now now i kind of want it to be like um old friends coming together and realizing that there's something hot there so we're talking friends to lovers um because it is my favorite and I might as well just, you know, if if I'm going to dig into a new original series or something like that, I need to do something that I'm really comfortable with, I think. So, um, I already have my character profile, so I'll just have to do a little bit of, um, and that's my trope. So. so, my central idea would be that. My main character, well, one of my main characters, is coming to Mars. Um, to um, he has a new job, um, and he's going to be joining this um, mining crew um, for this job. And his an old friend of his um, is already a part of this crew, so he's looking forward to reconnecting. So to his friend, and it, it turns into something more. So that's my central idea. Love on Mars. So, in a way, a lot of ways, it's um, there's adventure. There's um, he's going to be in a new job, in like in a place like nothing he's ever been on since he's always lived on Earth, um, and he's getting reacquainted with his friend, and he's got a serious boner for his friend, as it turns out. <laughs> and you know, I think that what happened was is that these um these two characters were were friends like in high school, and maybe like tried to be friends or tried to stay friends in college, um, but drifted apart because of um education and opportunities and job opportunities. And then the one friend ended up on Mars, and he's been out there for about ten years, and so um. When my when my guy is like you know gets an offer to co- to come to Mars, he only knows one person on Mars, and that's that guy he went to high school with, um, and they were part of like part of like a group a big group of friends, right? So he's not expecting to get there and to see that his high school friend turned into this hot beast <laughs> <laughs> that he wants to take a ride on, <laughs> pretty much immediately. <laughs> you know as one does as you do <laughs> as you do and so yeah that that's my um so this is like you know, this is like a this is a romance this is a this is a it'll be a sexy little hey i'm i really want to sit in your lap romance so that's my theme i really want to sit in your lap <laughs> <laughs> i want to sit in your lap um. <laughs> I'm I'm only kind of kidding. <laughs> hey, no no pictures in the um chat while we're um while we're on the podcast. It's very distracting. <laughs> Especially pictures like that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, old friendship and new attraction and um and love, because I'm a romance writer. because it's primarily gonna be a romance series, right? Yeah. And knowing your, I've got four little ideas, you know, basic Four basic ideas, um. Because I mean, you have to it. um, Your main genre is romance, and I would imagine there's some obviously there's a sci-fi element because it's on Mars, but I would call that like a minor genre, right? A subgenre. It's not a Mm subgenre of romance, but it's a minor genre for be for your story. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know what you want your main genre to be because you need to be on brand for your main genre. wish I would put some thought into this? Um, oh, you know, I could do something. I could plot something that I would had an idea for already that I hadn't gone very far with. Um, oh, oh, you know that, um, I mentioned on a prior podcast, we had had the idea about something about, Like the trust is picking up gene carriers and the start, you know, SGC kind of twigs into it. And so they start rounding up gene carriers and shoving them through the gate to Atlantis to keep them, you know, out of out of harm's way until they can figure out what's going on with the trust. Um and we'd had a joke about part of this, which was that one of the people they round up is tony and they shove him through the gate to atlantis and one of the first things they do after his his first appointment in medical is atlantis changes john's next of kin and sends him a notification yeah and so you know john gets a notification well first thing he hears is that they're sending gene carriers through to atlantis and some of them are not remotely suited to be on atlantis but they're trying to keep them safe and by the way john we're trying to get a hold of your you know your family's on the list we're trying to get your brothers and your dad don't don't panic we're working on it but one of the first wave through is tony atlantis gets his you know um dna and changes to on this to kin. they realize that john's lost brothers there okay so that idea is something I discussed before, but then the question is, is how to direct that idea. And so I think for the, the theme, I would do a romance. Oh, honey. (laughs) We don't know what podcast that was in. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about Tony in every freaking podcast. I need to start keeping notes. Um, This was kind of an aside mention. Um, It wasn't like we majorly plotted the idea out because I never got very... um, I mean, there are 463 episodes. um, So. Yeah, we definitely didn't plot that idea. But actually, I think the next of kin thing, um, part of it was... Part of this stuff was work for my Rough Trade story, which I wound up stripping out a whole bunch of it because we decided to not go with the... The Alex Shepherd thing. We went. I wanted wanted to dial the angst down and go with the, uh, you know, affair baby, the secret baby. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I remember the secret baby that you know, and like when Patrick gets there, like, so dad, I met my brother, right? No, 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 the the other one, (laughs) the one you didn't know about, dad. But yes, yeah, so we talked about it in conjunction with that, and then I decided to go with the secret baby thing. Um, so, you know, John gets a notification from Atlantis first that, you know, for not from Atlantis, gets a notification. So that's going to be the basic idea. And then, So John finds out he's got his brother that he's been looking for for like 30 odd years is on the city. Because obviously he'd be a strong gene carrier. So I think that the... There's a few themes that you could I could kind of focus that through. They're all kind of similar. Like um, familial love. There would be a romance subtrope because I would totally have Tony Bang and Ronan. Um <laughs> I mean, As I can't one put, does. I can't put them on the city and that, you know. Anyway. Um, so familial love. There's kind of a healing old hurts focus thing over uh, the importance of family, that kind of thing. So that would be I think I think I'd go with the family focus. Um, and the healing of old wounds thing over like any other particular theme and then let the romance be like a subplot yes you should be horrified that our life is going to be our podcast life is going to be measured in before and after the turducken (laughs) it was after bob and before the turducken (laughs) I agree that it probably was after Bob and before the deter- their turn in. so yeah, that's a good <laughs> <laughs> okay, God, you're you're all terrible. So that was our big our big goal tonight for tonight was talking about getting your theme and getting your idea. Guess what, folks, it's your turn. <laughs> so what do you got? Do you have questions? Do you need help? Build you guys a pentagon shaped corner. Did she? We have an extra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the um um the Willow has spoken. If if she says it was before Treducken, then it most definitely was bef- um, before Treducken. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons why I think it's important to recognize what your theme is is that if like uh, during the actual. Plotting part of this exercise. If you start to struggle with plot points, you can go back to your theme and your central idea, and and see what's to see where you're going. You know, because uh, for me, a central theme, I mean, a central idea is um the spark. But my theme gives me a place to to stand if I'm having problems identifying um events that that need to take place in my plot like when it comes to like a a big romance plot like in in, courting Hermione Granger I had milestones I I, I felt like I had to reach in their relationship as it went forward and I built that on what kind of romance could be developed between two people when sex was completely off the table and a lot of people in, in modern society use sex to build intimacy and they often rely on sexual love as expression and communication rather than emotional love. And so in exploring that theme, in courting Hermione Granger, I had to take some of the, I, I had to take it apart a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we got a few questions. Harry even tells her that he was used to building a relationship with sex. And then obviously that wasn't working for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and was on on in the same vein as what Kira said, is it when you're deciding about what your what your plot how your plot's gonna go? um if you know what kind of so let's say in the, in the idea i mentioned where i decided that that story of tony going to atlantis and john finding out that his brother's on the city through bizarre means let's say that that let's say i hadn't picked my theme okay and i started doing a big complicated plot about the wraith and then and then the other shepherds wind up on the city and now i've my plots veered the direction of you know family together healing old hurts family love kind of thing because it's kind of a natural direction and then i've got this plot of this whole wraith thing that's kind of hanging out there well because i know what my theme is i actually would never go down the path of a big complicated plot with the wraith because it doesn't serve my main plot at all it doesn't serve the main focus of the story which is about family so unless the Wraith thing is going to further that goal, especially because this is a novella, right? I've only got about 30 35,000 words to work with. So putting in a big complicated plot that doesn't deal with, doesn't feed my theme at all, isn't going to help me. Now let's say I really, really, really want that complicated plot with the Wraith. Then I need to adjust my theme. I need to... Give a different trajectory for the story, because they're they're incongruous in a novella. I don't have that much room to work. So, well, I think that if you want to do a big wraith plot like that, and you have Tony on the on the city as John's brother, then Tony being John's brother was never a secret. Right. Right. And then I've got a different idea. So that's that's where you start deconstructing your own process, right? So if if I want to go with the idea of found, you know, they find Tony, right? Tony's Atlantis outs. Tony is being John's brother. When I start, when I go forward, the Wraith plot doesn't really work between my idea and my theme. But if I really want the Wraith plot, then I need to adjust my theme and my idea based upon the amount of words I've got. I could in a novel, I could have a, a more, something more plotty, but I would still need to have it be on the right trajectory. So, the right to the trajectory towards family, unless that winds up not being the main theme. So that's why it helps when you're figuring out where your story is going if you know what kind of story you're telling. Okay, so this, somebody asked a question. I think this is the first question that I saw. If I missed anybody as we get through this, just let me know. Um somebody asked this is fix it a theme? I would say no. This is just my opinion. I would say fix it is a fandom specific genre because you can't fix something that's original. Right. Um, We discussed this before in the other podcast and um, fix it is equal to alternate history. Right. So, but the question then I would ask you is if you, if you're writing a fix it is what are you trying to fix and why? And the answer, your theme is in that, is in the answer to that question. If you're writing a fix it, what are you trying to fix? Why are you trying to fix it? Your theme is in there we we'll just think about that and we'll come back to you <laughs> somebody think about asked, your homework do your homework we'll get back to that so if you come up with an answer we'll help we can help you with with what the theme is in that okay and then somebody asked would moving be a theme or a trope it depends upon why they're moving uh, uh, are they moving on moving on could definitely be a theme but the question then you have to ask yourself is why are they moving on because the motivation for somebody moving on is important in a theme um, like I think the biggest trope in in cis right now um in the in the moving on vein would be Tony Lee's in CIS. right. so there's definitely some move in there. So that is definitely a big trope. it's a big thematic element, but you have to then ask yourself why is it related to betrayal? Is it learning so that so then you ask yourself, okay, he's moving on that kind of be more of a trope and then you ask yourself why is he moving on is he betrayed is he finding a new home is he if it's self-actualization his motivation for moving on becomes very important when it comes to deciding on your theme could be self-care um it also could be an issue of self-acceptance and self-value finding new love recognizing that, um, especially in the case of Tony Denozo, that he's not only um, worthy of it, but he deserves it. If anybody shares their stuff, Ellie just shared something. If you're okay with us reading it, please let me know. Um, I don't want to share anybody's stuff live if they're not okay with it. Yeah, I agree. When Tony leaves, it depends upon what he's leaving around, but I would say most dead air stories are around fractured trust. And learning to trust again so there's an element a theme of self-care and learning and valuing himself that becomes the theme tony is learning to value himself and so he is going to leave this toxic environment that's very common for dead air tags and we love it so just because i say it's common does not mean don't do it please feel free to do it we love it (laughs) some things are a trope because we love it okay so somebody said ellie I'm, i'm gonna say ellie said it because um well i want to be sure she has credit recorded that this is her idea her theme is opening up an acceptance and the idea is ezra comes online as a guide while he is working undercover instinctively he locked down his shields to protect himself and save his life um now the s and g center can't train him because he doesn't trust any of them enough to lower his shields Tony is an unbonded alpha guide who is brought in because he has a talent reaching through shields. And Blair is unaware that Tony and Ezra have a history. Tony, of course, is disconcerted about the Alpha Sentinel leading Ezra's team. Okay, I'm on board this, and I don't even read that fandom. That is the Mag Seven ATF AU, and I am with, with some with some hardcore Sentinel crossover and a wee bit of NCIS in there, um, and a Michael B. right. Michael B. yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think that you – so your theme of opening up acceptance is a lot. I would assume it's about Ezra learning to open up and accept and probably his own gifts and those around him. And that sounds like, based upon what I know of Ezra and about – oh, okay, and about Chris, too. Okay. And that seems – so because you know that, that you have that to stand on, that your, your theme, your focus is on self-acceptance and probably on the acceptance of others and this opening up and the being vulnerable thing that, that is your thematic element you're going on. You can this plot, structure, your well. plot, right. And trust. You're structuring your plot to go in that direction because you've got that idea. This is this is the the, the idea, the central idea. I'm going to read you guys what it says in this one. So I love the way that it phrases what the central idea is. It says the central idea of a story is the seed from which the offshoots of plot, character, and theme grow. It's the core scenario that sets the action in motion. The themes of a novel are the general ideas and principles of the story When you examine central idea versus theme, but from the fundamental core of a story, the possible meanings and ideas readers take away. So when you have that core idea and you've got a solid core idea there and you know the type of story you're telling, it's about acceptance, trust, that kind of thing. You've got that theme. You know how to direct your plot because you are in the goal of that theme. You're always marching towards that theme. Uh, This is the theme I'm exploring. And in a sentinel guide story, you also usually have a subplot of some kind of romantic element, at least. So... Here's the bonding. If you're doing a sentinel's unknown and, you know, the bonding fic thing, you got bonding to do. Maybe some hot sexing. I mean, you know. (laughs) Am am I projecting? (laughs) (laughs) So I, I'm really, I'm really jazzed about that idea. I think that was very, exactly what you need to do. To um, <laughs> now, Ellie is a Ellie's plotter. Ellie's my so favorite. <laughs> Ellie is a plotter. The last time she tried to pants something, she was uncomfortable the whole way. Um, so remember we said yesterday, if you're a pantser, don't try to do this exercise with your one of your July stories of next year, which is the novella length stories, up to novella length. Um, yeah, look at what I'm freaking out about. <laughs> uh, um, so, but Ellie is a plotter. So she's comfortable with this exercise and plotting a story. But if you're not a comfortable plotter, you don't want to ruin your story, one of the story ideas you've got for next year, by doing an exercise you're not Potent- potentially ruining this an year. idea you're not co- doing an exercise you're not comfortable with. So, um, yeah, this year. God, I can't deal with the fact that it's 2020. Yeah, this year. <laughs> this summer, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But Ellie is a plotter. So she has done the plotting exercises before. This is not going to shake her faith in Ezra and Vin and Chris and Tony. And I'm really jazzed for that. <laughs> I'm really super excited myself. No pressure, though. No, no, no pressure. Yeah, you can I really also plot plot watch something. that series. Yeah, well, it just it it it'd make you want to write in the ATFAU because you're like, I don't want to write old west. It's dirty and dusty, and there's not a, there's not enough showers. <laughs> There're no showers. Lube would be a problem. Lube would be a big problem. You have to haul water to take a bath. It's just it's an appalling situation. Um... <laughs> But the characters are great. So. Mark's trying to time travel. Um, no, Lady Holder. Absolutely not. Things we don't want to write. Okay. Does anybody else have any? Uh, somebody asked a question for the podcast. They, they use the channel. Let's see what it is. So is is your theme the aspect of, Yeah is your theme the aspect of the story you focus on or is it basically the story itself and the individual plot points come out of that? Um reverse that the idea is what your plot points stem from. The theme is what you're driving to. So the theme is not the story. It, the funny thing is there's, a, there's like 50 different ways to say basically the same thing and different people connect different verbiage, right? Some words resonate with people differently. So I've, um, I started connecting well with the idea of the theme when I started asking myself, what is the point of this story? What is the point of it? And I don't mean the climax when I say that it means what is the objective here? What am I trying to accomplish with it? And if I, I've read Beta Red many a story that was very unfocused, or not Beta Red, Alpha Red, many a story that was very unfocused, it didn't seem to have any direction. And I would say to people, what is your theme? What is your thematic elements? And that language doesn't always click with people, especially if they haven't maybe taken like creative writing classes. So I asked differently, I'll say, What is the point? What are you trying to do? Where are you trying to go? What what do you want this story to be about? And you just got to find the word that resonates for you. What language, what turn of phrase sticks out in your mind and makes you go, I'm telling a coming of age story. I want to, I want to write about a character coming into his own. I want to write self-actualization. I want to write, you know, a story about overcoming grief or overcoming loss. I want to see this character moving on from this tremendous loss they've had. That is what we mean about the theme. Because in this exercise, you'll find that people could 10 people could have the exact same theme, but they're all going to have different ideas. Um so when you ask, and so this is a verbiage this is a verbiage issue. When you say, is your theme the aspect of the story you focus on? I hesitate to say yes because focus on could mean something different to different people. For me, my theme is what I thread through my story. The the note of grief in Finding Atlantis is thread through every single scene. The note of I'm going to fuck up you and everybody you know is thread through every single scene of Darkly Loyal. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up is basically the theme <laughs> of Darkly Loyal. <laughs> I hate all y'all, and you're all gonna die. (laughs) In other words, retribution. Retribution, yeah. So (sighs) they said so. um, So it also. Let's be frank. Revenge. I mean, and retribution and revenge aren't often the same thing. Yeah. They can they people can use them interchangeably, but they're a little bit different. Um, so they so the question continued. So your idea is something like pairing A and you want your story to be about self-care. I'm confused about how the theme becomes the plot points to hit. It's not that the theme is the plot points to hit, but it helps you focus your plot points because you don't need plot points that don't take you towards your theme. That's what I meant about the whole thing about a side plot a big side plot a big complicated side plot that doesn't do anything for your story if your story is about like you've got this big alien action side side plot and your story is about found family it's like and none of the family are out there dealing with the aliens well i have a i have a a really great example about that um There is, um, there's a group I belong to on Facebook and there's this whole thread about people who are really irritated about how, um, they'll be reading a story that's supposed to be this particular pairing. This particular pairing happens to be Harry Potter and Hermione Granger. And then in the midst of the the story, of a story, and there are probably, and there are several of them apparently, because they bitch about them a lot, um, where, out of nowhere comes this side love interest. And it's contrived. And what's happening is the author is violating their own theme and irritating their reader. And their reader might not even know why they're irritated. Except to say that they, they came here for a pairing and they felt like they'd been bait and switched. You know, it's a bait and switch situation, right? Except. The end goal is always going to be Harry and Hermione, but then there is this this side plot of this of this other person intruding with welcome into their budding relationship, and one of the other of the of the pairing ends up dating this other person for a hot minute, and you're you're like, why 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 are you doing this? Because and you don't recognize it. Maybe not. Maybe you do. I always recognize it. They, they are violating their own theme. They've, they've set the reader up to say, this is the kind of story I'm going to tell. And then they start telling a different kind of story. And that's why you need your plot points to be the lens. The, your theme is the lens, right? So it's it informs your decisions about your plot. And it's just not a whole lot of point and going way off
1: the that focus,
0: right? I mean, sometimes people do side things, right? Um, so like in If Found please return i do have some like little side plots but they all actually feed the main theme which is about acceptance so i have some like this little side plot about tony getting comfortable and taking his first major case with the you know at at at, uh, area 51 and um the purpose of that whole thing right that little side plot was to John's back from Atlantis, he's finally spending time with his brother, um, getting to know him, and his first encounter with his brother is with his brother doing his job. And one of the things that has been, and it harkens back to the tension between John and Patrick, is lack of acceptance between John and Patrick about John's career choices. And so Patrick had learned, had to learn to accept that, but John had never been around to accept that acceptance, And see that his father had changed. Well, then John comes back and he sees this brother that he's been missing for 30 odd years, 32 years, and he's struggling with his brother's job. And it gives John a way to learn to accept that his father has changed and accept his father's apology while he because he has to learn to accept his brother's choices and his brother's career. And so it might have seemed on the surface to some people that that whole thing about that case was a tangent, but it was feeding on this theme of acceptance and doing giving, showing that because there there are a lot of that needed to happen between more than just, they didn't just have to accept his career, but also it feeds the other way. Alex had to learn to accept his family's going to worry about him. So it was it was awareness and acceptance was a big theme in the story aside from healing old hurts and fam- familial love and that kind of thing. And so all of those things were about that focus. And so the kind of things I, the, some of the choices I made in terms of how I was going to deal with those were about staying on track with the theme as opposed to going off on something like you know, I could have had a family bonding moment over them going, I don't know, gambling in Monte Carlo, but it wouldn't have helped <laughs> the theme of the story. But- it also would have taken away from your world building. The, the choice you made helped your theme, but it also deepened your world building because it showed the reader where Tony was, what he was doing on Area 51 and how he was nesting in a job that he was definitely going to take. <laughs> You know, even if he didn't know it yet. So it was a twofer. It um, it gave the reader a, a broader scope. Of the world building. And it spoke to your theme. right? Which is like showed, ideal. Right. And it showed that Tony was going to have a place to land. That he was going to fit in well. That he was going to do well. And that he was going to be valued. Which was a direct contradiction to. Um, it was a direct contradiction to how he, a lot of times, how things were for him at NCIS. So it is, so that's what we mean about when you're trying to make your decisions about how you move your plot forward, this is not meant to be stifling. But when you're trying to decide between path A and path B, it's like, well, what serves my theme better? And then if you really, really, really are enamored, because sometimes your id gets involved. Sometimes your id is all up in that. And it's like, no, I want want an inexplicable baby right now. And you're like, so let get us really yourself help. an inexplicable baby. I mean, I can't turn down an inexplicable, inexplicable baby. baby. <laughs> so it's not, it's not supposed to be like fencing you in, but if you're going to do something like introduce an inexplicable baby, you got to figure out where does that fit with my theme? Does it further? If it doesn't, you might want to think about broadening your theme a little bit, or maybe just letting it be a side thing. Cause like Pants to penguin, um, but actually, and it might have seemed like it was just a side little tangent, except that it really was the grief and healing and the overcoming grief thing that is very thematic in Finding Atlantis. Avery was very instrumental in part of that. It, it was very illustrative of the healing process. So she pants a penguin on I purpose. I was really, yeah, I pants a penguin on purpose. And what had happened? What had happened was is my little dog ran away. And I was upset. And I needed I needed an emotional support penguin. So and I was just like,, um, I also needed like a a um, a soft moment that wasn't about grief, that was about, you know, perseverance. And here's this, you know, I was like, okay, what what am I going to do? And then, you know, okay, they're living on a city. He can't have a fish. He can't carry carry a fish around with him. And I thought, well, where do they have little penguins? And it it just, it is kind of like, you know, I had a little penguin tornado storm in my head and we, we got emotional support penguins. And um, I was like, well, why would they let him keep a penguin, a wild one? And of course, you know, that he's that he's not that he's kind of mutated and he's not fertile and he's half the size he should be and um and then I was like well how did these penguins get here and then there was our hope and so by the time you guys saw the penguin i had already written the back history. Up to Penguin. <laughs> I dedicated like six hours to like fairy penguins and how they came to be on Atlantis and you know that, that whole potty situation. <laughs> it was just like it was ridiculous. She's, if she's going to put pants a penguin, she's going to make sure it actually is going to fit. <laughs> but sometimes your id pushes you at something that's going to help your story and sometimes your id is just wanting something ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, no. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> we are not going to redo the entire quest with no changes id i don't care how much i like rereading quests actually i don't like rereading the entire quest yeah. but some people really do and so you know the part of them that really likes rereading the quest done almost verbatim the same way it was originally will push them to redo that and it just that doesn't serve your story it's it's a news fest I was bitching one day about how, how come no one ever, like, Bilbo just doesn't tell them, hey, wait, Um, okay, I'll be going back to, you know, to to save those idiots, but can you put me down just after Smog gets killed? That'd be great. And I thought to myself, my bitch ass has written two different time travels where they go back in time to do the whole thing over again, and they both fucking start in Hobbiton. So who am I to criticize? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just do it's like, I'm just gonna do it this way. So um, does anybody else have any questions? Can you elaborate some more on central idea? Like, what's the difference between that and the main idea, thesis sentence, plot? Now, there's not a lot of difference between central idea, main idea, thesis sentence, plot summary. It's basically well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a caveat. Your central idea and your summary may have absolutely wind up having absolutely nothing to do with each other. But you, are Central idea should be able to be used for your summary, at least in brief. But some people's summaries are just, you know, I've seen summaries that are like, Tony woke up on a Tuesday and everything changed. That is not a central idea. Okay, I'm just saying. That's just, that's that's a weird kind of, somebody thinks that's going to bait people to read that story. I'm going to go new and keep moving. Um, But I would say that central idea and main idea are the same thing thesis sentence i mean your main idea could be really brief like like one sentence but odds are it's gonna be a little bit longer than that but the that thesis sentence should have come out of your main idea and the summary it all depends on what kind of summary writer you are i mean for me I try to pick out emotional elements. To put in my summary. Like a sentence about one character. A sentence about another character. And their circumstances. That's like my general. And But then there have, there have been other times. Like where. Um, summary for Darkly Loyal. I don't even know why it is what it is. That's just what I wrote. When I was getting ready to do the summary. I was just like. Oh. And I wrote that. And I was like. Well that doesn't really tell the reader a lot. But. <laughs> it's just what the summary became, you know. Yeah, the thing is, you could but, use your central idea to be your summary, but you certainly don't have to. Um, but there's no reason if you actually wrote up your central idea, there's no reason that couldn't be used as your summary if you wanted to. But sometimes people prefer to put it in a section of dialogue, or they prefer to put it in something that's really kind of obtuse. Like the reader's going to head tilt and go, I don't get it. You know, that's a little bit of like author preference. Just reading Edie's comment here. Um. Okay. I'm going to say not maybe, maybe not. Look at the story from a different perspective. Okay. So um, I'm going to say that they have some stories. Mm-mm. Let me find the part to start with main characters came to a state of self-realization and decided to move on my focus was on how they got to that point rather than on where they're going next looking backward instead of forward which is why i haven't been able to figure out what's next for them i did it in four out of the six stories in the series um and then they said so i had my theme and idea but the execution was all wrong okay so it sounds like though you could have adjusted your theme and thought about it and said cuz sometimes getting a character to the point that they're willing to leave is the story as opposed to what's happening next and it just depends upon which story you may have intended to tell the story of them leaving of them going somewhere else but for whatever reason the story that came out was the story of them getting to the point that they were willing to leave and sometimes that is the story and so Maybe you do need to start again, which is your self suggestion, but maybe you just need to take a step back from the story and look at it and go, is, if I look at it as a different story, a different theme, self acceptance, being willing to take care of yourself, because sometimes that is the bigger battle. It's not where you're going next, it's the point where you can get up and walk out the door, is sometimes the bigger battle. So it sounds like you told one story when you intended to tell another. But if you set aside your expectations of what you intended to do and you look at what you actually did, is is there a story in there? And if you redefine your theme and you readjust your idea and you go back and you edit the story with that idea and that theme in mind, would you really need to start over? Sure. Because I've definitely read a lot of stories where the big part of the journey was actually the character being willing to leave. What came next was it's more of a hopeful ending than a happily ever after kind of ending in that kind of story. With a character who's struggling with valuing themselves or whatever the issue is, when they're struggling with valuing themselves, the the point where they value themselves above the situation they're in, that journey might be the more important one. So it just depends upon what it is that you ultimately want from it. Now, if you're not happy with it, you know, do it. But sometimes it, it's good to take a step back from a story that you feel like is off track and then look at it for what it is rather than for what it isn't. So we have somebody who said they need help finding their theme. And I think they're still typing. So I'm kind of waiting to see. I'm going to share with you guys the summary, um, the idea summary from my book two in uh, my little Mars series. So it says, being a pilot on Mars isn't the glamorous job most people believe it to be. Mara Wallace can attest to that at length if anyone would bother to ask her. Her on and off again sexual affair with Elias Pope chief of operations for a mobile surface driller, comes to a head when he when he finds out she might not renew her contract. She's 38 and it's crossing her mind she might like to get married and have a kid. Circumstances that are certainly possible on Mars, but pickings are slim and more importantly, she can't stay off Pope's dick long enough to actually meet a man who'd commit. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. It's, um, that's the full-fledged idea. <laughs> And the, um, the theme is, um, uh, recognizing love, recognizing, um, for, for him, it's going to be like, he's going to have to, he's going to have to, to, to man up in a very different way than he's currently doing. <laughs> So, you know, it's about commitment and um making a family and um recognizing in herself that for a long time sex was enough but now it's not. She wants she wants to be loved. She wants to make a family with with this man, but she doesn't think he's going to be on board with it. So,
1: that's so the idea. That's I the think- theme. In-
0: yeah i okay. do think theme is going to trip people up a lot and kira just stated her theme in very plain language you know very direct language as opposed to finding like consulting a list of themes and saying you know i'm going to tell an overcoming the monster kind of thing or i want to do you know good triumphs over evil story um so you don't need to like work from a Concert, you know, a list of major themes or something, and try to pigeonhole it into any specific language. But if you can articulate in any language, in any words, the kind of story you want to tell, um, that's going to help you. That that's your theme, even if it's perhaps not in in maybe any kind of traditional language format. Because it doesn't matter. It matters that you know what kind of story you're going to tell, and that you are able to articulate to yourself that this is where your story is going. Um, I'm clicking on that huge list of themes so I can pick some out that fit my story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, communication. Um, everlasting love, I guess. Um. Family. It'll always isolation because um, they are on Mars and it is a colony situation and the population is not you know huge, um, so there's a little bit of isolationism going on there. Um, some of these themes are ridiculous. Um, Self awareness is another one. Children. There won't be any children, but, you know, the idea that she wants to have them is there, which is, you know, family. Um, finding her own happiness. So love. Yeah, I mean, you know. But I think being able to to define your idea um, and pull your theme out um, on your own, with, with your own words, makes it easier for you to work with it personally. Right. Because if you can define it in your own words and go, I want to tell a story about, um, you know, the shepherds get the thing they've lost back and they heal from this old hurt and they come together as a stronger family for it. It's very plain language. Could I go then to a list of themes and tell you which themes those are? Sure. But that is the thematic element, right? It's about family. It's about overcoming old hurts. Um, in terms of, so somebody who just shared their idea with you. I agree that's a good foundational idea. In terms of what your theme is, it all depends upon where your story is going. Because with that setup, you could go a lot of different directions. Is it very plot-driven? And is it about... um is, is is it about the situation that you've described and the evolution of that and some major plot point? Is it more character-driven where you got a character who has to break free of something or overcome something? Um, is there overcoming an adversity? So this is one of the things I think, and I don't know if you're a pantser. I, I'm not, so I'm not putting that on you. But I do think that pantsers who are not what I would call the hardcore of, pantsers which are the ones who sit down with a blank page and have no idea what they're going to write and they feel stifled by even having to pick a fandom or a genre (laughs) um i'm not talking about them but most pantsers when they sit down like they write a summary for rough trade or whatever they pants they they have a core idea right where it's where they struggle is what direction they're going to take that idea because they're making it up as they go and you can still be a pantser and pick a theme. Because the theme gives you a direction, at least to generally aim, <laughs> you know? Um, so like I've mentioned in a in a past podcast that um, when I go on a road trip, I want to map it out. I want to pick the hotels. I want to know, and I want to research them. I want to know where I'm staying every step of the way. I want to know how many hours in the car every day. That's the way I do a road trip, Okay. i appreciate your road trip planning skills my mother and sister however they can get up in the morning go do you want to go on a road trip that that day get the car not know which direction they're going to go and not know where they're going to stay that night and for me it's like okay if we're gonna have a spontaneous road trip fine can we at least can we at least pick north south east or west please please before I'm gonna get in the car with you, people, <laughs> because I need. And the thing is, so they you can have they can have their spontaneity, but I need to know: are we aiming for California or are we aiming for Canada? It's an important <laughs> decision. <laughs> you know, they're not interchangeable.
1: One I, requires
0: I, a star card, right? One a star yeah, one, ID. One requires, yeah, one requires a passport. So. Because it matters, right? Because if you don't know which direction the car is going to go, right, north or south, do you need coat and snow boots or do you need flip-flops and shorts? It makes a difference. It informs your packing decisions, okay? Maybe I can deal with the fact that I'm not going to know what hotel I'm staying in okay maybe i can deal with that that level of indecision maybe i don't know if we're going to stop at the tulip festival or to see the world's biggest ball of twine i can deal with that level of indecision but i need to know is it canada or california and that's what i mean about like even if you're a pantser it's a ridiculous analogy but you know it serves its purpose if you're a pantser if you know that you were telling overcoming evil story or if you know you were telling a um, found family story, if you know you were telling self acceptance story, you can at least know which direction to turn the car and not make plot decisions on the fly, make all the on the fly plot decisions you want. But if you know what direction you're headed, you can at least make the decisions that take you in that direction. Sensibility rarely plays a factor in these kinds of spontaneous trips, Dark. I don't say this lightly, but I think they need Jesus. (laughs) That's why 95% of the time my answer is you want to go on a road trip. I'm like, no. Nope. No, you crazy people. Bucket of nope right there. Okay. Okay. She found her direction. Am I slurring my words? No, but she found her direction. Oh, no, I didn't. You don't sound like you're slurring to me, but maybe you are. Oh, oh as as you recommended I thought Jesus. you were being serious, as Don't do me that way. <laughs> we're about to see her glucose. We're about to hear her glucose monitor beep here in about a minute and a half. A minute and a half? What the fuck are you talking about? It takes me time. It won't take a minute and a half? Does anybody else have any questions about this particular thing? Tomorrow, we're going to be hitting, um... Mine doesn't beep. Yours beeps? Yeah, mine's, mine's noisy as fuck. Oh, it does God. all kinds of beeping. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about character profiles and goals, motivation, and conflict. Um, and it's sometimes it's a little bit difficult to just tell you, do you need to figure out your theme before your GMC? Eh. You know, it's a little bit of a toss-up, but I think that, um... I think theme is something you need to lock down first because we talked about the order of this a little bit, because you want to work your GMC decisions that fit the needs of your theme because you don't want to give, you don't want to throw in a giant external motivation, right? That's going to massively affect affect your character's um, internal motivation, their internal, their decisions, right? So you don't want to throw something major in the pot that is totally out of the lane. So that's why it really helps to have that decision about your theme. And you can kind of adjust it as you work on this. And we'll kind of get into that tomorrow. Um, So for tomorrow, start thinking about um, your characters and GMC. There's not a whole lot to kind of really do in advance, but except think about what characters you need in your story. Um, That's something you could do in advance based upon what you're putting together now um gmc Gold motivation and conflict um, um so think about what characters do you need who are your point of view characters you know what are, point of view characters typically your main characters although i read something the other day that had at least 50 character povs in it um <laughs> including a tree and an entire including tale. a tree Including a tree. A tree. A tree. Um, so, think about who are your main characters, who are your secondary characters, who do you need in this story. And think about it that way. First, primary and secondary characters are the people you need. Like, the story cannot go without them. And then think about which characters do you need to give a point of view to. Um, because you need to work on GMC for all of your the goals, motivation, and conflict for all of your primary and secondary characters, in my opinion. But... It's really important for your pov characters because that's what you're going to be conveying to the audience in your narrative it's what's really visible the other stuff is a lot inference and through done through dialogue um okay so we have somebody else in their homework so we have people who are working here along with us um chara fandom is teen wolf the theme is self-acceptance and the idea is after the wolves of war which is an episode i imagine Derek returns to north carolina and connects with the Hales that are there he finds new love and finally acknowledges that everything that happened wasn't his fault and along the way enlists his family to help begin to eliminate monroe um i'm all in i'm all in on Derek getting all the all the love and all the hugs and accepting himself so i think self-acceptance is your main theme is a really good trajectory for that story and it will, sh- it will also keep you on point because um if your mind kind of goes off into a tangent, you'll be able to go back to it and go, hey, is that really about Derek's self acceptance or is that about something else? Yeah, rein that in. If this is, okay, so, so, you are- so we do have somebody who's doing this who is a pantser. Um- but you aren't trying to plot something you want to write for Rough Trade, right? Because we told y'all guys not to do that you might mess up your stuff um for the panthers, you may have a strong visceral reaction to some elements of plotting like no that's just too much for me and that's good to know to kind of maybe walk through the process and go i can do these elements of plotting but that right there is too much um so just pay attention to your own reactions so that you don't like ruin your story for you. cuz i'll tell you this is not a pants for plotter thing like the first time i tried storyboarding as a writing exercise i ruined the story for me i was like I'm, i knew pretty early on this was not going to work for me it was too much detail it was overtelling the story to myself it didn't give me any room for creativity in the writing process i felt so stifled and i i, I- off scenes I didn't you, even take I didn't even move that idea out of a notebook and into the computer. I mean I was just it's just like what no. Right. No, you just I was like I don't want anything to do with that. Um yeah, if you plot in your head, I I'd say you're still a plotter. Um I plotted in my head for years, but my memory's turning to shit, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> right. Um but I do think this is just my opinion. From, honestly, I have worked with a lot of pantsers. A lot of them. Like, I would say well to the triple digits at this point. And there's not a, one of them that I don't think benefits from being able to articulate their theme and their central idea. Because it gives them a focus. And that is something that most pantsers I've worked with need is focus. They need a place for their story to go. Mizu, I don't know what you mean by that. Can you have a sub-theme per chapter? I mean, I need more information. (laughs) For a hot second there, I thought to myself, I don't have a rubber duck. Do I need a rubber duck? (laughs) I think we all probably need a rubber duck. Then I realized she meant her bouncing buddy. Right? You mean your bounce buddy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm too little You just took me a second. Those kind of references. <laughs> but no, you actually made me think. Um, I had a friend who <laughs> hid some. She hid something from herself once, and um, she said, "I'm going to take put this put this this thing because I'm going to forget about it if I hide it. And if I'm ever looking for it, you're going to tell me where it is. And the place she hid it was in her rubber duck boots. I'll never forget that because I wrote it down. You know, if (laughs) if so and so is ever looking for her, the this thing, it's in her rubber duck boots, (laughs) because she had rain boots that had rubber duckies on them. The things we do for our friends, folks. The things we do for our friends. (laughs) Earlier, um, SV, you talked about um, um, keeping a theme throughout a series of episodes. One of the things that I did in Sentinels of Atlantis to k- help me do that, to keep my central theme of um, discovery and um, bonding, um, is to focus my events in each episode around discovering more about themselves as a group of people, as a pride, um, and um, individuals coming together online. And you know, the bonding. Um, and one of my favorite episodes for that is probably the queen, because that's when Miko comes into her own and recognizes um that um you know that she's part of a pride and she has to defend herself um and the other person with her. Um, because that's that's it's it's about her. As a guide, and 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 her role in the tribe, and so that central theme, "Sentinels of Atlantis," just kind of spreads throughout each episode, um, which is about you know burden and sacrifice and um, and duty and and love and bonding and you know found family. <laughs> it's about found family, the whole damn thing. <laughs> you okay with us sharing that? Queenie. Okay. You want to do this one? Yeah, I can. The theme, self-acceptance and love. Maybe I shouldn't. Because romance. The idea, Tony's been on the cusp of coming online as a guide since Kate's death. No one can figure out why he's not on he gets bounced around from center to center until his job finds him on the Seahawk, struggling with the betrayal of his mentor, his team, and his agency. Blair is convinced he'd ho- he's holding himself back from coming online because he can't face the pain of all that betrayal. When Steve, ha ha, ship. When Steve meets Tony, he's an online alpha sentinel. Steve and Tony are drawn together as Tony slowly learns what real friendship looks like, and he gains the perspective to really face the betrayal of his team. I think you're on point. Mothership. I I get your point, Mito, when you say like yourself, you know, if your main theme is self-awareness, and each chapter would be a subcategory, discovery, like accomplishment, acceptance, and disappointments. Um, but I don't plot that way. Um, I mean I'm a, I'm an I'm an event and consequences plotter. I do and it's how I do it for um a novel or a novella as well, is that I um in each one of my events, my plot points serves my theme and my central idea, but I don't assign them sub themes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's perfectly reasonable for you to do that if it helps you, but that isn't for me, I think that'd be too much. It also is very compartmentalizing your theme um, because usually when you're doing a chapter, you are trying to deal with either a plot point or a certain number of plot points to move the story forward. And it could be that you're chipping away with a plot point at a piece of your theme. But if you compartmentalize your theme too much, you actually might box yourself in a little excessively. And and maybe that works for some people. And the, the, like we said yesterday, the really key thing is to figure out what works for you. Um, I would feel stifled if I tried to compartmentalize my theme into stages. And also a lot of times my my theme, it, like, like I said, I thread it through every single scene. So compartmentalizing um like even the stages of grief compartmentalizing them would would not have served me in finding atlantis because a lot of times what people i don't think realize about grief is that the stages of grief can sometimes happen all at the same time like literally in the same moment you can go through every single stage of grief and just like it just piles on you like a mountain and there's nothing linear about grief in the stages of it. And so to try to compartmentalize that would not have served my story or my characters and it would have felt very um false to the reader. Because grief is a very organic experience. Yeah. And it just changes with you as you grow, as you as you age. Yeah. And um SV pointed out about uh queenie story that there was also a a theme there of um recovery and healing and yeah based upon the way the idea is articulated i agree completely that there's that recovery and healing and recovery and healing can be very big themes um to explore and not in and they can't i mean those they sound It's gonna sound weird, but sometimes I think when people are picking their themes, they worry that it sounds like cliche. But healing and recovery is a difficult, is difficult business. Um so don't worry if you are looking at themes and you're picking a theme and you think, oh, that sounds like it's too simple. No, some of these simplest sounding themes like love, like coming of age, healing, those can be enormous themes to explore and knowing that that's the kind of story you're telling is so so important yeah i agree susan that um healing and recovery is a foundational theme for a lot of the hurt comfort tropes absolutely although I wish sometimes that they focused a little bit more on some hurt comfort stories on the recovery side of it. Because it's just like hurt, 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 hurt. Oh, did you give me, you know, 50,000 words of hurt and 500 words of recovery? I'm double birding you like, whoa, dude. Like And also, sometimes I wish they would recognize that sometimes they put their character through so much physically that survival really isn't feasible. Cause I don't think they understand the um, ramifications of shock on the body, um blood loss on the body. And I'm like, dude, your, your character's been dead for four chapters. I don't know why he's still walking around. It's a zombie now. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you didn't tag this for zombies. There's no way he's still walking around. He's got four bullets in him. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> He's been shot repeatedly, stabbed, burned. He's been in four car accidents. It's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> That's away from the hospital. Yeah, and then it's like dragged across glass, and then all of a sudden you're like, and then the story's over, and it's like five. You know, the, there's like a little five hundred word epilogue of of him getting out of the hospital, and you're like, well, that wasn't hurt comfort. That was just hurt. <laughs> That's just hurt. There's an AO3 tag for hurt, no comfort, Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly, (laughs) thank you, but no. He put some Band-Aids on it. So we'll give a minute for anybody to ask any further questions. Um, Thank you to all of you who, I know some people are probably still working on this, so do your homework, that's great. Uh, Thank you for those of you who participated, let us read your stuff, Uh, that was great. It was very helpful to be able to explore your themes with you. And does, does, is it helpful to go through this exercise of trying to figure out your theme? Is that, because I feel like the theme is the thing that trips people up more than their idea. I feel like people get on their idea. They're like, this is, I want to, I got this idea. And it's like, okay. And where is that going? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I have an idea, but you know, also it, both parts are important. You, you need both. Well, I need both. I need the idea and I need my theme. I need to know because my theme helps me define um my GMC. Um and it also helps me um figure out where I want my character to end up. You know, what's my end game? Because when I was plotting <coughs> all the world, my end game was a world where Harry Potter didn't have to worry about. Anything more than a than a house elf than a um garden gnome rebellion. That was his biggest burden of the day. Um, it was about them not having to worry about the survival of their species. And that Ragnarok could be comfortable being in the mountain instead of in the bank, um, bitching about garden and siege engines (laughs) and you know and his son getting ready to to have a baby to, to make a baby um and so and it was just about that's where I wanted them to be at the end and I I knew that based on um defining my theme but no wings they didn't get wings but there's war porridge. I'm still waiting for there the rest is war porridge. I'm pretty sure there's cranberries in it. <laughs> I can't imagine war porridge without cranberries. Um, weaponized cranberries. Uh, so I'm going to get one final word while we're waiting to see if any more questions come in. Um, one final thing to the pantsers who are listening to this later. If you can't sit down and define your theme, and all you do is you start with an idea and you go, okay? And you go to your stuck. When you get stuck, then you got to stop and find your theme. If it's really too hard to do it up front, and I get it, I get it. I've worked with hundreds of panzers. Um, there comes a point where it will be a good idea, and maybe if you've got a few thousand words in the story there, and you hit that critical point where you've got to make some decisions, you know, think about it and think. I need to figure out my theme. I need to figure out the point of my story. Whatever language makes sense to you, you got to figure out. And then you may have to go back and do some editing to get your story kind of on point. And that's okay. I've said it before. I'll say it probably a billion more times. You guys are going to get tired of it. Pantsers have to do the same work as plotters. Just a lot of times you do it after the fact. Sometimes the editing for pantsers is a beast because they make some. I mean, if you edit, yeah. Well, yeah. If you edit. Um <laughs> Because there is that elusive creature out there. That does none of that. That's not that elusive. <laughs> They're all over AO3. <laughs> I was trying to. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean. yeah, There is that pantser out there. Who doesn't edit. Who doesn't even read their own work. Who writes and then posts it on AO3. And then moves on. Yeah. Yeah, so but if we're not but the thing as we said before, we are never talking to you. <laughs> never. We do, do bitchcraft, we are not talking to you. <laughs> come by come by for fandom and junk. But for those of you who then we'll be talking about you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but for those of you who um are trying to improve your craft, for those of you who are I just got nice tea. Um if you Bragging. for those of you, for those so of you ugly. i know for those of you who are um panthers trying to improve you're trying to you know get to the finish line more often which can be a struggle for panthers um look at this, these plotting exercises as an opportunity to figure out where you're weak and figure out how to shore it up. Because a lot of times what it comes down to the difference between a plotter and a panther is pantsers have a lot more editing to do. <laughs> because you may define your theme late and then go off the back and edit your story to streamline it. And that's fine. You got to find a process that works for you. So, and Rogue, congratulations. Rogue is our die-hard pantser, and she's at 40K. On, I'm assuming on your quantum bang. Is that what you're talking about? Congrats! Congratulations, awesome. Rogue. You also handwrite, correct? Handwrite and then type it up. Remembering that correctly. You crazy girl. <sighs> girl! What's wrong with you, girl? I I admire your perseverance and how and how you know strong your hand is. the The stamina you've got in that hand is awesome. I couldn't do it. You see, you said that and my mind went somewhere else. <laughs> you dirty old lady. <laughs> I know where your mind went, pervert. <laughs> okay, any more questions? Last call for questions. <sighs> I do too, Ed. I do plot I do plot on pen and paper. I like to do my um my base work on pen and paper, but when it comes time to actually do my my zero draft, I'm typing that shit because I type faster than I write. yeah, well, faster than I write neatly. I mean, I could make some I could write something that I absolutely cannot read quite quite quickly, but <laughs> just my memory shit, I won't have any idea what it says. And also, the arthritis in my hand seems to act up more when I do a lot of handwriting than when I'm typing. Because my hand is my my hand curls up and my palm is what suffers the most. I wear a thumb spica at night, Ellie, and that seems to help a lot. Is that the right term for that? Spica? It's I don't a know. thumb brace. I mean, I've worn a uh, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I've never, I'm not familiar with the term, but I've worn thumb braces before when I had tendonitis. S T I C A. Oh, okay. I've never, I'm not familiar with the term. I'm going to have to look it up. That's what what I do. My Google things. Specifically, I wear this one. Very helpful. I wear it when I sleep and it's very beneficial to my thumb. Highly recommend it. What do you mean, how do you find tangents for a longer story? I avoid tangents. Uh, Maybe we're having a word differentiation that was not a word. Maybe we're using the word differently. <laughs> when it comes to a longer story while you're explaining that um it's about you got to have an idea big enough to support the words like Well if you write directly to well you don't need filler or fluff your idea doesn't support more words would be what I how I would counter that. Um I don't look for filler. I don't I don't ever plot filler usually. Um, No, every single scene in my work has purpose and point. Even the fluffy stuff that is designed to relieve tension has a point. So um, if your stories are coming out, let's say consistently at 10 to 15 K, then that's the size of idea that you've got is 10 to 15 K. A bigger idea you need you need an idea that, that requires more words, that requires more exploration. I couldn't have told if found, please return in 10K. I just couldn't have done it. I wouldn't have I would not have been I could have done a lot of tell and not show and gotten it out in 10K, but there wouldn't have been any exploration of the actual theme, right? So And it could be that's your problem that you have um an event that you're writing, but you don't have a theme that you're exploring. We've had a few people, that's kind of a different focus is like, how do you go from like short ideas to bigger ideas? And we could put that in as a podcast topic of how to go from, And I mean, it's kind of on a little bit, it's tangentially on point for this series because it's how do you know your idea supports 30 K, you know, 30, somewhere between 20 to 35 K. Cause if you're plotting a novella, you need an idea that it's going to be a 20 to 35 K idea. Um, and, and sometimes this is, a, sometimes it's just experience, right? It's like you come up with an idea and you think through, this is probably more of a plotter skill. You think through all the things you need to do to achieve that idea and you go, okay, that's going to take me 5k. <laughs> that's not going to serve for a novella. Or you think about the idea and you go, oh, Christ, in a cracker. That's going to take me 150k. Or we've had ideas we've thrown out there. we God that's 300k. I don't even want to talk about it. Right, like nope, not going. to But it's like what? No, um, no, baby. <laughs> and sometimes I'll see you guys when you're doing your project files on um, Rough Trade, and you'll have your word count estimate. Uh, this is really, this is really funny when it happens in um, November, and I'm looking at, I'm like, I couldn't tell that in 200k. She right? thinks she's going to do it in forty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> when we've done that, like I was, I've said, occasionally sent Kira a link. To just have like somebody's goal is like forty or fifty K. I go, I couldn't tell this story in three hundred K. I have no idea what they're going to do. What is their focus? You know, and I'm curious. It makes me curious how they're going to do it. Now, a few times, the author then blows themselves way out of the water because I was. It's like there's a little bit of me going, okay, I was right. There's no way they're telling that in fifty K because I'll see a an author note that says, you know, they're at 120 K and they're going, I, this is going to take, I don't know how idea of this can be done. It's like, yeah, I knew that was a big idea, but some people, um, just approach a story differently than I would for that idea. And that's fine. We don't all need to approach a story the same way. Like I would think, like sometimes I see an idea and I go, okay, I'd have to start all the way back in Harry's second year to tell that story. And they start in Harry's fifth year. So they bypass three years of shenanigans that I would tell. They don't. So, you know, people have different approaches and that's completely fine because it all depends upon, I don't know from looking at their summary on Rough Trade, what kind of story they're going to tell. I don't know what their focus is going to be. I don't know what they're trying to achieve. I don't know any of that. I don't know what character set they're working with. So, but yeah, that's a little bit of a kind of different conversation is how to do, we have had a lot of people who've mentioned that they are more the 5 to 10K kind of writer. Um, So at some point in this, we'll have to talk about how to, how to get your story to that 20K-ish idea that would be the sort of the ground, the entry level for a novella. And I think when we get me, into me, I have that... to, I have to plot. I, ha- I have to if if I'm gonna hit a specific word count. I could not go into the novella challenges in July without a specific defined set of events to work with, um, because if I don't, I mean, it, the looser my plot is, the bigger my workout will be. I don't need to give myself room. And it's more true in some fandoms than in others. Yeah. So when we get to the point where we're actually working on plot points. um, Because we're going to do that on the day after tomorrow. Um, You'll see kind of how we do some estimation of word count. So we'll we'll focus on that there. Um, and, And you keep a hold of your ideas, you know, keep a hold of your ideas because if you want help with, you know, word count estimation, and you know, because then you'll put some plot points in, and we can kind of do some spitballing about, well, that seemed like it would take this amount of words to tell that. Okay, so we have one more person come in, and they have a follow up question about their idea. They put their idea in. So the theme, um, victory or achievement and perseverance slash self awareness. And the idea is after discovering he had terminal illness, David made it his goal to climb up to the top of Mount Everest before he passed. Um, so just in, and then the, so the follow-up question is, are there too many themes in this example? I don't think so. In the, because um, I definitely get from the idea, achievement and perseverance in that. Um, but if it's also about somebody achieving something before dying, I would think there'd also be a, f- a fair amount of dealing with grief in that and letting go. Um but only you know which of those you want to focus on but there's still going to be i would imagine an element somewhere in there about dealing with that grief about and that letting go of your own life but if you want the primary focus of your story to be this final achievement then i think you got it exactly stated exactly what you wanted and and because that's so clear cut your idea is so clearly stated and your theme about the achievement and perseverance there because that's so clearly stated as you build your plot points on his journey to climbing Everest, you can make sure your plot points stay on track to that goal. So if you want just a minor element of dealing with that grief and letting go and that kind of thing, you can make sure that stays minor and stay focused on perseverance and the victory thing. So, Okay. Um. Okay. Found family in redemption is your theme. How do you say that first name? Ba- Baki, Becky, Not- Naki, Naki. Okay. Ba- Baki. Baki, Baki. Okay. I was like, how would that end come there? Baki was a teammate of the Sand siblings' mother. She had made home promised to watch over her children if anything happened to her. A year, a few years later, Baki overhears the siblings' fathers and uncles plan to assassinate Gera. Baki steps in to stop this event. It's a canon divergence. Oh, you um fandom, so that kind of throws me off a little bit. Uh, but your themes are reflected in your idea, so that you know, found family and redemption, what will come to you as you uh, are doing your plotting is to make sure that you continue these things throughout your plot and that you keep your um, found family close as she works to prevent the assassination. Does that make sense? Otherwise, if if you let her go off on this this mission to do the to prevent the assassination without addressing her found family and keeping those ideas close, then um, that will fall away and become extraneous. Now, if ever you're, you've decided, so let's say you sit down and you've decided your theme is going to be this, and your idea is going to be this, and then you start writing and you're feeling hampered by your theme, stop, reevaluate. Because it could be, you know, the, your little inner your little inner writer. Um, which is, it, there is a part of our brain that percolates on things. It, I hate saying subconscious because it kind of is, but it isn't. But there is this creative part of us and the logical part of us that is working all the time when we're writing. And if something is out of sync, it's going to feel like something is off. Or maybe you just don't like the direction your theme is taking you. And often you're an alpha reader or a third party is a, a good time to pick that up if because when I had problems with um, courting Hermione Granger, I just sent the whole damn thing to Jillian and said, "Would you look at this shit?" <laughs> and she came back to it and she said, "Well, you know, it's kind of abrupt there at the end <laughs> because I had I went from honeymoon to family annihilation, like queen that there was just like <laughs> yeah, it was like hitting, getting punched." I'm like, Could you soften that a little bit? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I didn't tell her what to do, but I just told her it felt a little harsh. But I needed—I thought I had a—I'm not sure what I thought I had, but I needed—I needed to um, needed soften it. And I wasn't—my brain was telling me something was wrong with it, but I wasn't figuring out what that was. <laughs> It was two traumatic events close together, and you get no time to breathe, and it was just, whoa. It was harsh. Yeah, it was harsh. Um, It felt, it left me feeling, and the way I interpreted that is I, I didn't, you know, I'm careful about how I say stuff, but I felt raw in a way after reading it that the end didn't resolve. So it's a happy story. It's supposed to be happily ever after. Right. And I felt raw and exposed and just like, like I'd been run across an emotional sander at the end of the story. And usually that's, you don't want to have the, the emotional trauma be so significant that your reader can't recover from it by the end of the story. Right. Which is why it needs to be softened a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but sometimes you think you're having a problem with um, pace. And it turns out to be characterization. I had that problem in Unleash Your Demons. I thought I had a pacing problem. And she's like, no, honey. <laughs> That's not your problem at all. It ain't pace. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, this writer, that the part of you, your creativity and your, the logic part of your brain are going always. Right? And sometimes they're at odds with each other. Like your creativity, your id is off going, Yes, mama. And the logic part of you is going, What the fuck are you doing? Do you have any idea how many plot holes you just created? And sometimes we don't listen to either side of our brain, right? You just kind of just keep plowing ahead. But if you get to a point where things don't feel good, stop and reassess. And it's okay to replot, it's okay to say, You know, I thought I was going to do a found family theme, but. I think I'd much rather do, you know, destroy all the bad guys theme. That's okay. But you'll need to maybe go back and reassess what you wrote and then make sure it's it's going in the right direction. Um, but it's okay. I'm gonna stress that it is okay to change your mind. You are not locked in on any of this. I've done it, I've replotted, I've I've gotten going on something and gone. Nah, <laughs> that that's not good. I'm gonna redo it. Um, so, just you give yourself, cut yourself slack, listen to yourself, and if it doesn't feel good, just take a breath and take time to reassess. Because if it doesn't feel good, there's probably a reason. And sometimes it's not the work. Sometimes it's you. I and mean, there have been times when I've write, been writing something that I wasn't in the right mental space to, to to do it. And I'm like, what's wrong with this? Oh, wait, it's it's fine. I'm the problem. <laughs> and you just said to some work with it a little bit and then come back to that other thing and everything will be fine. Maybe you put Comic Sans on there. <laughs> yeah because always a good first line of defense is give yourself a breather and then go back and recheck it because you could just be having a bad day um i've actually filed something one time it's like i can't believe i wrote this piece of shit you know that was like the 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 file name i changed the file (laughs) name I i can't believe i wrote this piece of shit and um I went back and reread it like a long way later. Like, what is it that I remember? And I read, I go, "What's wrong with this?" There's nothing wrong with it. I don't know what, what objection I had to it at the time. It was just her. It was just her. It was just that day. I'm always my worst, my own worst critic. We all are. So when it comes to your theme and your idea, sometimes people get into this headset of feeling like, "Oh my God, I'm locked in." I'm committing to this for life. You're not committing to this to anybody but you. And you can change your mind. That is your privilege. And sometimes, honestly, it's your obligation to change your mind. (laughs) Oh, we had one more person turn in their homework. Let's see. I was trying to check if people want us to share it. Okay. So the theme is moving away and home. The central idea, Sue gets recruited by Stargate Command. Shinobu, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these right, loves her and wants to support her, but ends up isolating herself and making herself unhappy while trying to do that. She ends up surrounded by unfamiliar people and places, and she longs for home and familiarity, only to find out that home is only as close as she's willing to look when she finally lets new experiences in. There's some self-actualization in there as well, which would be very good. It's very fun to explore that. Um, moving away, um, I would say it was a little bit more of a trope than a theme. Um, so it might help to just, at least the only reason I say that is because it might help you to focus more on the theme to figure out what is it about moving away that you're doing, which could be the self-actualization coming into one's own coming of age i don't know who sue is so i don't know if it's a coming of age kind of idea although sometimes coming of age does not actually have anything to do with turning 18 or 21 sometimes it's coming into your own coming into your own um it's setting off on adventure because moving away could be running away moving away could be coming into your own and that's why i just kind of say is maybe maybe that's because i would look at that as a little bit more of a trope is figure out what's behind that moving away. What is the motive for moving away? And then that's probably your thematic element is, is either coming of age, coming into oneself, self-actualization, something in there. Um, finding home. Definitely. I would say is thematic because I would say finding home is something that is very heavily explored thematically. Um, and it's a very uh, relatable thing. Um, theme for people so it's very it's a very reader friendly um theme because a lot of us have that experience of leaving leaving what we knew and having to find something new and finding out where home really is so i I think that that's a great theme but i would really i would refine the moving away part a little bit and i think your central idea is well formed yeah good job a plus you all did great idea and if anybody is in the chat room because i don't know when this will go up actually for people to listen to but if anybody's in the chat room tonight and you do this exercise later and you want feedback about your theme uh your idea you're welcome to ping either one of us see i'm volunteering kira okay that'd be okay that'd, that'd be fine. fun that'd be fun Actually, I'm getting ready to put up the induct- um, introduction um, shortly, probably a little bit after this podcast is over. So this podcast should go up um, tomorrow night before the next one starts. So if I can get things situated. She she is the mistress of all untold. <laughs> no, no. Well, I learned like that from you. Is that is, is that how that's gonna go? Yeah, you know, it call is. Call me out like this. <laughs> yes, dark. That's it right there. Oh. I prefer master of all I survey, but I'll take mistress. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's the queen of everything, including that dark spot the hyenas are in. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true I needed mods and Az wasn't around to be asked and I was like well if she doesn't want to do it she'll tell me click <laughs> <laughs> you may sleep have now have a good evening <laughs> you, <have> <laughs> you may rest <laughs> <laughs> that's true I did that to Desert too <laughs> she, she got up one day and she was a moderator on She'd been doing sprints. So I decided to make her a mod one day, a server, server mod. And she's like, "My, co- uh, probably you noticed because your color changed and I forgot to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I, I, okay, yeah, I, I did forget to tell her. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you everybody for your participation. Your active participation tonight. This was great. Um, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Keep a hold of these ideas and these themes because the next step is tomorrow is character profiles and gmc which stands for goals motivation and conflict if i get anything permanently implanted on your brain it will be what gmc means (laughs) and what the difference between them are anyways you guys have a fantastic night and we shall catch you later say good night jilly night everyone